Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart, giving you all the tools you need to create an amazing real estate career. Led by top experts in the field, you'll learn how to sell more houses in less time while creating the life you want. Welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good morning. How's everyone doing? Ashley has a guest with her today. I like it. Okay. All right. Because I haven't done this in a really long time, but it's very normal for me too. Can you please turn on your cameras if you can? That would be awesome. It's just so much nicer to actually look at people's faces when I talk versus boxes of names. Um, love it. Okay. So today we are here and we are going to talk about stories, how to tell stories. How many of you heard or have read the book, uh, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller? Okay, well, I'm going to add that to your list. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> and there's another really good one out there called Stories That Stick by Kendra Hall. Also an excellent, excellent book. And I'm going to tell you, ever since I really started learning about uh, a story brand and what that actually means, um, it has made content creation so much more fun, so much more fun because uh, I would actually taught actually taught this like in a much longer, more in depth um, thing live the other day, and um, I learned that a lot of times people and I, this is you that's cool. Let me know. Um, a lot of times people are trying to create content for a platform. Like I got to create content for TikTok. I got to create content for YouTube. I got to create content for Instagram. You know, so we were trying to create content for a platform. Is it, does anyone else do that? Like actually try to create the content for the platform. Yeah. Okay. That is very, very, very daunting because let's see how many platforms are you on? Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, Google business. Uh, what else? Snapchat. I just, I just write it off eight making <laughs> platforms eight platforms. And that is hard. If you try to create content for each platform, there's the feeling of where am I, where should I be? How am I supposed to be there? Where am I supposed to Pinterest? Oh, thank you, Katrina, for throwing another one in there. <laughs> but where should I be? How should I show up? Like, what's the answer? Right? So this is why I have really shifted into really learning and diving into telling stories. Because when you tell stories, you are all of a sudden not creating content for a platform. You're all of a sudden creating content for your audience and you're letting, they're, you're letting them find you on the platform versus trying to find them. It's kind of like chasing leads versus attracting leads, right? Like chasing kind of sucks, trying to like chase it all the time. It's like, you're always like just trying to cold call people, door knock, all this stuff, right? It's kind of annoying trying to chase business all the time, but it's so much better when you have a business fall in your lap. Right. Like, I, I don't know. This just happened the other day. I actually had one of a, someone texted me. I'm teaching this class and she's like, Hey, Michelle referred me to you. One of my past clients, favorite past client. You guys have probably heard me talk about her a lot. Um, but she referred me to you. Uh, she says that, you know, I told her I'm looking for a realtor in Bonnie Lake, Puyallup. Uh, she told me I have to call you. She's like, I'm really easy. I'm pre-approved and I already have a house. I like, I just need you to write the offer for me. Bam. Love. Right. So that is why those, that's what I love. I'm like, yes. So all the work that I put in is paying off. All of the speaking to the right audience and letting my audience find me and follow me is paying off. 
So what I want to talk to you today, uh, we're gonna, this is going to be a four-part series. So please put it on your calendars. If you're here today, you want to come to the next, next three classes because you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. And then I'm going to get a lot of questions and I'm going to say, watch the replay, watch the replay, watch the replay, watch the replay. So like, if you miss it, just watch the replay. I'm going to say that now one time. Okay. <laughs> so here we go. So I'm going to talk through um, these stories here. Um, I am going to try to do this presentation. Although I think I might, I don't know. I'm probably just going to do it the old, good old fashioned way without doing the fancy presentation style because I just like it easier that way. So drop your questions in the chat as we go through. Um, someone just asked me to drop the book titles in the chat. Remind me and I will do that at the end for sure. Okay, so storytelling 101. So there's a couple of things I, I kind of want to ask first before we go into this. Um, tell me how like... Put it in the chat, come off mute, whatever. But when you hear story, when you hear telling stories, what are you hearing? Anybody? Anybody, anybody, anybody? Sharing experiences, lifestyles, right? Sharing experiences, lifestyles, love it. Do you hear like once upon a time? Do you hear like narrative? Do you hear anecdotes? Anecdotes is another word for it, right? A personal insight on experiences. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, leaning in. Love it. Ellen, I, I love that. Immediately think facts tell stories, though. Yeah, very true. Something that captures my attention. I'm hooked right. That is what a story is. So all of these are, these are like, these are great because like, like Lenora just put in there something that captures my attention. I'm hooked. This is fantastic because guess what? When you can capture someone's attention and hook them on what you're saying, you can, you can tell them all they need to know about your business. Like you're going to get hooked. You just like, like Ellen, put, I lean in. Yeah. I lean in. When someone tells me a really good story, when I hear, when I hear someone's like experiences, when I, I want to know more, I am just naturally a very curious person. Like I like to always know. So I ask a lot of questions and I'm like, why, 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 what, huh? How, who? Like all the time, because I just want to know. So we're going to talk a little bit about, um, there's five types of stories and you know, it depends on who you follow, who you read, whatever. These are what I am describing as five types of stories. Okay. And we're going to talk today about the personal story. Because the reality is I can go through all of these stories for you, but this is a really long presentation. It took me two hours to do this the other day, and I just don't have that today. Hence why we're going to do it in four sessions. So um, we're going to talk today about the personal story. But before we do, just know that there are five types. And some of these types kind of overlap a little bit. You'll see that as we move on here. But um, there's the value story, the purpose story, the brand story, which iPhone Jessica just put in there. Yes. The customer story and the personal story. Okay. All of these are something we're going to go into in a little bit more detail, but I really want to talk about the personal story most in most in depth today, mostly because this is the one where there's a lot of like a lot of hesitancy. And I think this is the most powerful story. The personal story is the most powerful story. This is the one where you really can connect and really get the right people drawn to you. Um, so let me go right over there. So let's just define a personal story. Okay. The personal story is your unique perspectives, values, and growth. They highlight your moment, those significant moments in your life, those challenges, those transformative events that you've gone through that help you uh, give insights, share lessons, and inspire others. That is literally what a personal story is. It is lit like the definition of a personal story. It is all about you. That's it. 
No one else, no one else. This story, this personal story has nothing to do with anybody else. It is literally all about you. So let's talk. Uh, I want to share this little um, um, thing that I saw yesterday uh, because I think this is a really, this is really, it was really powerful. It really spoke to me when I watched it yesterday. So let's watch this real quick. Don't I have to be young? To be on Instagram? I think that that's just an excuse. I think there's this idea that you got to be 22 and amazing looking to really have a presence on Instagram and to grow your following. And it's not true. Gen X is the biggest growing group on Instagram right now. And in fact, I know somebody. <laughs> there she is. She is not 22. I am Gen X, baby, all the way. You're not 32. I'm not 32. I'm not 42. I'm not even 52. Shut up. I'm going to stop at that. All right. There we go. We're going to stop right there. The amazing Amy from Auburn, right? Amy, do you have to be young to be on Instagram? You can be old like me and be on Instagram and TikTok and whatever else you want to be on. But what do you have to be? You have to be authentic. And you have to be relatable. Yep. You have to share tiny parts of your life. That's right. And not salesy. That's right. Yep. 100% not salesy. That's, oh, one of my, that's one of my key things. Sell without selling. So do fun things. Go follow Amy. Check out her social media and take those ideas and have some fun with it. I don't want to hear the excuse. How old are you? No excuses. You can be an old bat like me, okay? <laughs> Thank you, Gary V. <laughs> yes, we love you. <laughs> okay. So did that speak to anybody else? I just, I love, first of all, I love Amy Barton Cotney. She's phenomenal. I follow her all over TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. She's freaking hilarious. She is awesome. But the thing that I took the most from that, that I'm hoping you took from that is A, it really doesn't matter how old you are, what you look like, whatever. I don't, that, that doesn't even matter. What matters is the authenticity and the relatability, right? And that's where the personal story comes in. Because if you don't have a personal story, if you are one of those the, one of those people who post pictures of houses all the time, that is not personal. That is not personal because there are 40 people on this call who can post pictures of houses all day, every day. So there is nothing different about that. What makes you different, what makes you unique is your story. So let me go back to my presentation. I was once told to stop coming off, um, to stop the whole share and back and forth or whatever. I, I, I don't listen. So there are a few elements to a personal story that you have to think about when you're telling this story. And these are really good questions to start think like write these down because these questions are what you're, when you're starting to think about telling your stories and you're starting to think about identifying stories on other people's content, right? You want to ask these questions. Okay, I'm going to answer the first one for you. Whose story are you telling? Well, I mean, the word is personal. So that means you. You are telling your stories. Now, there's other story types that we'll talk about in following weeks that talk about telling other people's stories. But the, for this type of story, this is your story. It is your experience, your perspective. And that's it. No one else. No one else. The other thing that's really important when you're when you're thinking about a personal story is what what's the setting? Where and when did this happen? What 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 was going on when this happened? I'm going to share a, a personal story example here in just a minute. I want you to kind of think of all of these questions that I'm asking because I think this the example that I share is going to show you why um, how it's going to kind of identify all these elements here. 
But it's really important when you're thinking of telling your story, you have to make sure it's your story. And you also have to make sure it's very clear when this happened. Because you guys, a life story is not one big novel. I mean, even people who write life stories. Oh my God, is my dog okay? Hey, are you okay? She just like jumped for no reason. Weird. My, my dog is weird. Anyway, even people who tell like their life stories, they're, they, tell more, they tell it in more than one book. Like right now I'm listening to Michelle Obama's The Light We Carry, which is a phenomenal book. It's a sequel to her first book, Becoming, which I loved. Uh, but you like in that first book, Becoming, she did not tell her whole life story. She had to do a second story to follow up with it. So you have to think about that. Like each story that you tell has a different backdrop. It has a different, it has a different experience behind it. As you grow, as you learn, as you age, as you gain wisdom, you know, your, your experience could be very similar, but the backdrop is going to be different, right? Because you have more knowledge. Um, the other thing you want to think about when you're telling a personal story is you've got to be super clear about like what challenges or conflicts did you come up with? What, what did you, what did you encounter when you were doing this? When you're going through this, how did this help? How did you navigate this particular experience in your life? Really, really, really important. Because when you're doing this, like the, the whole story is sell, right? Who, what is it? What is, is it Katrina? Did you just say that? Facts tell, stories sell? Yep. Right. And especially in a business like ours, when we're based on relationships, right? You have to be able to explain how you overcame these story, this, this experience in your life or this challenge in your life. Because you want people, you want to sell people. You want to sell people on your story and how you are the best person for them. That's why. And the only way they're going to believe you is if you can share your exact challenges. Um, the transformation is going to be a super important element of a personal story. How did you actually evolve? What actually happened? What did you actually learn from these experiences? This isn't just a, okay, I went to the store and um, I bought um, apples and spinach and bananas. Like that's, that's boring. Okay. Okay. I, um, I got into real estate because, um, I just really liked, I just really liked, I really loved houses. That may be true why you got into real estate, but as you get into real estate, you start to learn there's a lot more to why you stay in real estate, right? Like the reason that I got into real estate is very different than anybody else's reason because it's mine. So, and then how, and how did you, and how do you like, when you're, when you're talking and you're sharing these stories, you got to be able to share how you actually grew from it. So when I first got into real estate, it was for this. The reason I stay in real estate is because of this, right? Um, and then the final one is like, what message are you trying to convey with your personal story? And what impact does it have on the audience? And I'm going to tell you a little bit of a personal story here because it's going to lead into this video here. So the reason I got into real estate was because I don't know if any of you have heard my story. I was uh, want to make 500 extra dollars. So I was so tired of being broke all the time. I was so tired of, of like working in corporate America and living paycheck to paycheck. It sucked. 
Right. And so I was just like, let me DoorDash. I, I don't even think DoorDash was the thing back then. I'm kind of old, so whatever. But <laughs> I don't even think DoorDash was the thing. So I think it was like Lyft. I think I actually signed up to drive Lyft or Uber at the time because I was like, well, let me just make a little bit of extra money. Cause I had read Tony Robbins book, Money Master the Game, like trying to learn like how to how to get rich, right? And and in his book, he said, You've got to find the one thing in life that you that you're truly passionate about and monetize it. And I was like, okay. Well, I'm not passionate about driving, but I can make an extra $500, right? His other thing was like, you got to give up the luxuries. Like, if you have a car payment, get rid of the cars. Like, ah, ah, ah. no, 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 no. I love my car. Love my car. I'm never getting rid of my car. <laughs> so, so I, I said to my mom, who actually, I grew up in, in the real estate industry. My mom was in the business, still is in the business. And uh, I was like, mom, do you think that I can make an extra $500 a month if I sell real estate? And she was like, well, cumulatively, cumulatively, yes. She's like, I don't know if you, I'm not very, not very, it's hard to make it consistently, but yes, you could do it cumulatively. So I was like, okay. And you know, the gateway into real estate is really low cost, right? It's really not that expensive. I mean, you pay 600 bucks for school. You pay like, it's maybe $1,200 to get into real estate, at least in Washington state. Right. So that's why a lot of people try to get into the business because like, it's not very expensive to get in. It's expensive to stay in. Okay. So I was like, well, okay, cool. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and spend about a couple hundred dollars. And I finally ended up getting my license. It took me two years. I'm one of those people. I just procrastinated and procrastinated and procrastinated. And believe it or not, I'm actually a big, big, big procrastinator, which is why I have to implement so fast. Because if I don't, I will wait forever to do so. So <laughs> um, anyway, so I finally got my real estate license. And um, that is actually why I got into the business. Because I wanted to get out of the paycheck to paycheck cycle. But the reason why I've stayed in real estate now and my purpose for staying in real estate and the purpose for growing and now being where I'm at in my business has, has, has grown exponentially. Now I look back and I look at the fact that when I was 22 years old, I was up to my eyeballs in debt. I, had, I was one of those people I went to college and a college campus, you want to apply for a credit card? Sure, no income, cool, no problem. Want to get a line of credit? Sure, no problem. I think by the time I was 22, 21 years old, I had about $20,000 in revolving credit card debt. Then I went in and I bought a car, bought a brand new vehicle, okay? Because I wanted to keep up with the Joneses and I had another you know, $30,000 in, in debt. Then, because I couldn't figure out how to make it work, I got payday loans. I had up to five payday loans out at one time. Insane. And my phone, the only time it would ring was when people wanted money from me. It was a horrible, horrible, horrible cycle. So I had a friend. She was like, Lenia, I think the only way you're ever going to be able to get out of this is to file bankruptcy. And I was like, okay, why not? I'm 23 years old. Let's file bankruptcy at the age of 23. Because what's going to happen, it's going to make my phone stop ringing, right? I can just write off all that debt. Well... You know that after you file bankruptcy, all of a sudden you're you are high interest for a lot of people. They're like, "Oh, I want her. I can get more money from her because now I can finance another new car with an 18% interest rate." So, you guys, my money journey to where I'm at today has been this long, long, long money journey. So, for me to be able to look at you and say, "I know how to make $500,000." It's taken a long time to get here. And the fact that I can make a million dollars and I know I know how to make $2 million and I can see it and I can do it and I can actually implement the systems to put it in place to do it. 22-year-old Linnea would never have said that. That is why a personal story is powerful. 
because I can teach people the power of buying real estate. I can tell you that the thing that changed the game for me was buying a house. I bought a house and all of a sudden I was not worried about making payments anymore. All of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I have an, I have a nest egg. I sold that house and all of a sudden I was like, holy cow, look what real estate can do. Look what it can do. It can change your life. That is why I stay in real estate. And that is why I'm so passionate about helping other people grow and stay in this industry and not leave this industry because the power that we can make, the impact that we can make on people's lives, there is nothing like that. There is no other industry that I have ever seen that can actually impact someone's life in a positive way, the way that we can. That is why when I hear a real estate agent saying that they're struggling and I hear people saying that they want to get out of the business and they don't know what to do, that I'm like, oh my God, no, 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 no. Stop. Don't do that. We can fix that. We can change that. And what changed that for me, what changed my money habits for me was systems. Systems. So that is why I'm so, so passionate about systems and stories and having everything be systematic because if it's systematic, you don't have to worry about it. You set it and forget it. My money nowadays is, is on a system. It is strategically, systematically set aside and saved and allocated and planned for everything that's coming up. So that is why I'm passionate about it. Now, you know. So I want to share with you a little bit more about this and why this personal story is so powerful because a lot of you really heard my story just now. You never heard that story before. A lot of people just have no idea. A lot of people just sit over here thinking, God, God, how did she do it? I was born, I was born like this. No, I'm kidding. I was not born like this. It's a lot, a lot, and lots of struggle. Lots of struggle, guys. A lot of disheartening. I didn't even want to pick up my phone. There were times when I didn't even want to pick up my phone. I was just, I was in this deep state of depression because the only time people wanted to talk to me were because they wanted money from me. That sucks. It sucks. Okay, so let's go through. Nina, I'll get to you in just a minute here. But I want to share with you why this story is so powerful. Did you learn every single one of these things about me just now? Who's the story about? What was the setting? What was the challenge? What was the transformation? And what was the message? That is a personal story. And this is why this is an example of telling a personal story online. Uh -oh. It wasn't that long ago that I could even talk about money without feeling shame. There were so many feelings of embarrassment, humiliation, guilt, inferiority, uh, fear of judgment or criticism, regret, inadequacy, self-consciousness, self-doubt, anxiety. Does any of this sound familiar? Let me tell you, my financial journey to where I am today has not come without pain, lots of pain, sacrifice, dedication, commitment. And honestly, sometimes it feels like an ongoing battle. I've had to learn a lot about money relationships, trauma, money mindset, all of that stuff. And the thing is, I figure that if I can master my health and fitness and I can master my nutrition, and I can master my business goals and I can master my relationship with myself and my self-worth, I can master money. So if you're on a money journey, just know you are not alone. This journey is one of the longest ones I've ever been on. I just have to remind myself of that every day. One step forward every single day will result in massive change in the end. So, Okay, did you get all the elements of a personal story? Okay, and you wanna know why this is powerful? 
is because this story has gone out now on, uh, I think, I don't know if it's gone out on all channels. This was shared on May, May 20th. And I think we pulled these stats on May 22nd, two days. And there were 317 accounts reached. 251 of those people were my followers. Brandon, are you on the call? I think he is. This, I'm, I'm curious about the stat. There's a stat that we have that talks about how um, if you have a thousand followers and you're getting 1% or 10% of those people to engage with you, you're doing better than Kylie Jenner. Okay, like just putting that out there. I have 1,600 followers, 317 of them. What's that percentage? That's significantly more than 10%, right? What's that double? It's almost like 40, 20 or 30%. But the other thing about this is that that's why this is so powerful because you tell a personal story and all of a sudden, bam, people engage, people want to know, right? But then on top of that, then... Then the content that comes after it, people are like, okay, I need to hear more. I want to hear more about the story. So this story went out on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I don't think it's supposed to go on TikTok. I think it's going on TikTok soon. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and TikTok. Facebook business and Facebook personal. Is this a business-related story? Not at all. Literally nothing about that story is a business-related story. Nothing about my money story is business-related. However, it tells you a lot about me. It tells you a lot about, and I'm going to connect with the right people. The right people are going to want to know. The right people are going to want to know more about how I've been able to implement systems that took me from being in debt up to my eyeballs, filing bankruptcy at the age of 23, to now making over $500,000 a year. Right. People want to know the systems. They want to know how I did it, whether it is someone who wants to learn how I do it on the business side or a client who wants to know how I can make it happen for them. Right. So that is why the, this, the personal story is so, so, so powerful. Um, and yes, Katrina says the right people are going to trust you with their money and selling their house. Yeah, you have to trust me with your money because I'll tell you what. I've learned a lot about managing money and other people's money. And now I have clients who literally tell me, okay, here's my budget, spend it. And you better believe I know how to spend it. I did not go on these last two houses that I had a client give me their budget and said, this is how much you can spend to get it ready for market. I did not even go a penny over, not a penny over. So the other thing I've learned through all of this is how to negotiate. How do you negotiate costs? How do you save money? How do you cut? How do you cut, 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 cut? There's so many things that you can learn from a person's personal story. So whatever your personal journey is, whatever your personal story is, find the pieces that really help you identify who you are, because those are going to make the biggest impact in people. The biggest impact. Nina, did you still have a question? I know your hand is up earlier. Um, yes. Are you going to share your slides? Or can you share that one slide? I'll share. I'll share the slides with the questions. Yeah. With the I, I thank you so much. The whole but we'll, oh, we'll put no, no, the, that's okay. Yeah, we'll put the, the questions into a, a PDF for you and put that in the group. 
Oh, thank you so much. And I wanted to say thank you so much for sharing your personal story. Oh my goodness, I'm going to follow you and <laughs> do what you do. And you just, I think you just grab so many of us because of that. And I, I appreciate your vulnerability in saying that. And I think so many of us can relate to it. And I think you just gained a whole new set of followers. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Now you know a little bit more about me. But the, the reason why those personal stories are really important is because like people on the outside, they, they just see what we show them. Like when you go and you're on social media, like you just see, you just see what you want people to see. That is controllable. What people see on social media is controllable. And the reason why those personal stories are so powerful is because exactly what you just said, Nina, it's going to connect with so many different people. So I tell my personal story to so many people, especially when I have buyers right now who are like, I can't do it. I have bad credit. I have this. I have that. I'm like, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? I bought my first house in 2012. I filed bankruptcy in 2001. It took me 11 years. Think about what could have happened if I would have bought a house in 2001. That's, I wasted 12, 11, 12, whatever, 11 or 12 years. 11 or 12 years wasted thinking about trying to, I mean, obviously I don't consider anything a waste. Everything happens for a reason at the right time. I understand that, but, but just think about it, right? Like today we're looking at these home prices. I have buyers right now who are like, I can't find anything in my price point for what I want. I'm going to wait. And I'm like, how long are you planning on waiting? Because if you can't find anything today in the price point that you want, what makes you think you're going to find anything in the future in the price point that you want? Because the home prices have only gone up over the last 30 years. Yeah, there was a dip and there's going to be another dip. But is that going to make it all of a sudden you can afford all of these houses? No, it's not. Because guess what happens? When home prices dip, everything else dips. Spending dips. I mean, the economy dips. When the real estate market dips, the economy dips. So like, why, why do you want to keep waiting? Take it from me. Here's my story. I waited 12 years. Look what happened. I could have bought a house for $50,000. Now, I'm trying to buy a new house. So I'm like. Okay, well, honey, just so you know, we got to spend about $2 million on the next house, just so you know. $2 million. Got about a house at $50,000. That's a lot of money. A big difference. Big difference. Okay, I hope this helped. Um, do you guys have any other questions on this? Um, let me know. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about the customer story, which I think is the second most powerful piece of your business is the customer story. So stay tuned for that. Um, and if you can't make it, uh, yeah, the replay will be posted uh, in the group. Oh, oh, the books. I'm so sorry. Thank you for reminding me, Isabel. Thank you. Uh, okay. It was uh, building, building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. And then uh, stories that stick, that stick by Kendra Paul. There you go. Those are my two like most powerful books on how I'm telling stories. They dive really, like, Kendra Hall really dives into the each individual type of story. Um, and then Donald Miller just talks about the power of it and how to do it. So also really good books if you want to learn about telling stories. So, oh, and the other thing is like, the thing is when you start telling stories, I forgot to say this. When you start telling stories versus creating content for a platform, your story can go everywhere. So you just heard me say that that story went on five different platforms, right? I'm not every person on every platform is going to resonate with the, with the, with the content. But that's okay with me because now I don't have to, now I don't have to chase my client. Now I'm going to let them find me. Hey, I'm right here. Here's part of who I am. Come find me.
it's much easier when you start telling stories versus creating content for a platform. And that is all we got. And we'll talk about the customer story next week. Okay. Bye. Have a great day. If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our EXP organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about EXP or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.